And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, he scores! Martina Kucherov wins it in overtime! Saved by Vasilevsky, and he keeps it out of the net. Reaching behind him, he had it in his glove. Now for a feed in front of Cavalier, scores! Cavalier has won it in overtime! Steven Stamkos has reached 60 goals! Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Lightning, your home of the 2020 Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Dager. How's everybody doing? Uh, this is our second episode of the day. It is part two of my conversation with Cantina Media's Ryan Sosa, Brian Sosa. And yeah, we spoke about, this was about a day after the Lightning uh, clinched the cup, clinched the series. Um, you know, it's a great conversation, not only between two friends, two hockey fans, but also Lightning fans as well. So yeah, just a great conversation. We speak about, you know, the Lightning uh, winning the cup. Uh, we also got, you know, news broke during when we were speaking about Henrik Lundqvist um, being bought out by the Rangers. So we get into that as well as well as we discuss about maybe some of our predictions for next season and maybe what are what is the likelihood of how this Lightning team could uh, potentially repeat. You know, that's not something that we see very often in the NHL these days. But, yeah, uh, great conversation. And once again, thanks, for, thanks to Brian for coming on the show. So here is part two of my conversation with Brian. But first, let's talk about... The book that you will want to read, it's a great book about sports. Uh, it's called The Daily St- the, the Lives of the Stoics. Now, from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. A philosophy sports, t- philosophy sports teams across the country are successfully adap- adapting. Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. They got the monkey off their back with with Columbus. They they beat their their division rivals um, in Boston. So they they really from there, you know, I was very content. You know, I am not going to go as far as say, well, if they didn't win the cup, I would be fine with those two series. No, but um, this was just you know extra icing on the cake for me uh, for them winning. But um, you know, kudos <laughs> kudos to Dallas. I mean, I didn't really think they were going to play this hard. I know they played a similar style to the Islanders, but still almost forcing a game seven. Um, well, I mean, I think that we need to give Dallas a lot of credit because look what they did. I mean, they they outplayed Colorado and then they gentlemen swept Vegas into the final. Yeah. And then they honestly, I know Tampa didn't have a lot of rest or whatever, but they also outplayed Tampa for the first two periods, at least of game one. Yeah. So, I mean, and look, water finds its level. Tampa was the, uh, the better team, like I said before. And, you know, and even we all, Coach Cooper, even, even Coach Cooper said that, you know, game one, he didn't say these exact words, but from what his, pro, his press conference after game one, it, he made it seem like this was just a throwaway game to, to kind of get a feel for Dallas. 
Well, um, I think that that's a mental thing you do for your team too, right? To say, guys, it's done. We're on to the next one. And, you know, we're I not going to harp on a loss, you know. But, hey, well, it, I, it definitely worked in game two. Well, look, <laughs> oh. I, I'm going I'm to be perfectly honest. I think Tampa was the best team. We're here for a reason talking about this because they were the best team. I do yeah. think it's a little unfair to characterize it like it was a foregone conclusion that Tampa was going to run through everyone. Because yeah. if we were very, very honest, this team choked in the first round last year. They were yeah. chokers. And I know that Tampa fans don't really like to hear it now that they came back and won the Stanley Cup, University of Virginia style, I don't mind saying that the Tampa Bay Lightning choked in 2019. And until you win, it's a really hard time to shake that um, label. And you have to go out and actually do it. Being the best team left or the best team in the Eastern Conference or getting to the conference finals, to me, wasn't enough because anybody who's been watching this team since 2015 knows that this team has been good enough to win. And, you know, when does the window close? But, you know, yeah. you have to go out and do it. But all credit to this team because they went out and did it. And to do it after what happened last year really shows a huge amount of fortitude from the team, from John Cooper, from Julian Brisebois, you know, from, from Jeff Vinnick to not make any rash decisions either. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. I couldn't be more, like, proud to be a fan of, of this organization. And, you know, uh, fans will agree, like, We've seen everything since 2015. This team has lost in the cup final, not made the playoffs, lost in the first round, getting swept, lost twice in the conference final, and there was only one thing left to do, bring it on home while the window's still open. Stammer said it after the team got swept last year. You know, people ask me if the window is closed, and I think it's still wide open, and, you know, he wasn't wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are the chances right now, uh, not even 24 hours after lifting the cup, uh, where are you placing the Lightning's chances of repeating? Oh, I think they're I think they're they're very good to be in the mix. I mean, how often do teams really win back to back? I mean, we just yeah. look at history. It does not happen a lot. It will be an extremely, extremely difficult thing to do whenever the next season gets going. You know, they have some things to clean up with the salary cap, a couple of RFAs. They have a couple of decisions to make. Um, yeah. you know, I think you just give Sturkachev the bag and um, you know, oh, yeah. you hope not to lose somebody like Sorelli, but uh, you know, that's what happens with good teams. I remember the Chicago Blackhawks when they won in 11, 13, and 15. After every single one of those titles, they had some really tough decisions to make, guys they had to get rid of, and they always seem to make the right decisions to get their team back to championship level within a year or two again. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, Breezebob may make some of those, you know, same decisions, which will have a lot of tough calls involved. Yeah, he'll, um, it's going to definitely be a very interesting couple of next weeks once uh, the draft rolls around, free agency ramps up. Um, it's going to be, you know, one of the hardest things, especially when a team is uh, strapped for cash like the Lightning are after especially coming off of a Stanley Cup championship is what, what's the next step, keeping the team together, um, maybe go, trying to find maybe new pieces that, you know, to replace some of the guys that might leave. Because I, I, I think we can both agree that there's no way, especially with uh, the, the way the money is, the cap is, that we're going to have the same exact team next year unless guys take pay cuts. And um, I don't see a guy on this team off the top of my head that deserves taking a pay cut um, and shouldn't take a pay cut. No. So um, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks to see. And I'm sure that – like you said, I, I fully agree. I think the Lightning will be in the mix. Um, I would probably place them right now 
at making at least another Eastern Conference Finals appearance. And then that that kind of thing is sort of impossible to to tell right now, right? Yeah. How far they go. You know, I mean, we haven't even, we don't know what format the next regular season sort of will even be played. Yeah, we'll jump into that right now. We we have no idea. So, like, the season is projected to, to start in, I believe, the first week of December. Uh, training camps are supposed to start maybe a week or so before Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, I mean, what are I, – I think we were talking about it before, and I think it's a very good possibility that we see a double bubble uh, going into <laughs> the next series, uh, uh, next season. Um, but the logistics of that they need to figure out because I can't see these guys playing out an entire season in the bubble for that long away from their families. Um, I'm not saying that they should do – a bubble board. Maybe what they should do is maybe do it by region. So geographically, mm-hmm. maybe have the teams kind of like in the Midwestern part of the country kind of play in like host cities, if you want to call them like maybe three or four. And then maybe, you know, obviously on the, on each coast do the same thing as well. I think that'd be a lot more reasonable than cramping all 31 of these guys, uh, of these teams up in, you know, to two, three, four cities up in Northern Canada for the next four or five months. Yeah, I can't see players who um, obviously found it understandably unbearable to be away from their families for more than two whole months to go and do it for five or for six. Um, even though the idea of a double bubble from a hockey standpoint, I truly believe is the, you know, the most efficient way to get it done. In a realistic standpoint, you know, I don't see guys doing that. And the other thing is there's a lot of real-world uh, circumstances that come into play, right? Uh, you know, different parts of the countries are being affected by the pandemic differently than others. And a couple of months from now when training camps are set to start, who knows what the landscape will be in certain places as compared to others and what kind of logistics, you know, have to make it work. I think the good news is that no matter what happens, even if the season got delayed, um, you know, the Lightning or Stanley Cup champs. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And Brian Saucer said so. So, uh, <laughs> well, thank- I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to, uh, to, I guess, maybe uh, double back. Okay. About just a couple, of, a couple of things. And I think you, and I know for a fact you will agree and enjoy some of this. Um, I want to give, uh, kudos to another one of those unsung heroes of this team in general um yanni gord this guy um has to be one of the most underrated players you know around just because you know he's obviously he's got a he's got a little bit of skill and can He's, he can play hockey, but he gets but dirty. He's those got bodies. so much grit. It's, he's it's, not intimidated. And, and yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, he wasn't, he's not, and I think he's developed that, um, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, skill isn't the, you know, I guess isn't, you know, the only thing he really, you know, maybe, maybe Col- Coleman and Goodrow really brought out like a different side of it, but Gord is nasty, man. He's nasty yeah. and he's a good player. And um, I think that when Tampa was dealing with, point being out and running 11 forwards out there um you need guys like gore that can double shift that can maybe yeah. play different positions play with different guys and him and goodrow uh you know in addition to guys like point and kucherov who are world-class yeah. offensive players are able to you know be really really flexible and i thought that that was pretty amazing and uh i i'm gonna do a uh uh i i want to shout out steve eiserman 
And um, I know that he's not with the team anymore um, and that this is Julian Brisewa's team. But, you know, Steve Eiserman built the foundation of the team uh, that obviously went to the final in 2015 and has been a really good team in the last uh, six years. Uh, you know, aside Stamkos and, and Hedman were taken just before he showed up. But, you know, he took Cooch in the second round in 2011. He took Vassy in 2012. He took Jonathan Drouin in 2013, who turned into Sergachev. He took Braden Point in the third round in 2014. Anthony Sorelli in the third round in 2015. Yanni Gord, undrafted, signed in 2014. So, you know, a couple of those guys are just mainstays on this team. Hugely important to what we're talking about right now. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that he's not here anymore, but like Stevie Y and Julian Brisewell really like kind of built this thing together. Obviously, Brisewell is the, you know, guy who put it over the yeah. top. I mean, I was talking about that with the hosts of uh, Lock on Red Wings last week. We were discussing about what Red Wings could possibly look forward to with Stevie Y. And I listed all the names uh, that you just listed right now as prime examples. And, uh, he definitely is off to a, a fast start. He loves making trades with the Rangers. Can we talk about this stall trade real quick? <laughs> um, Stevie Y, I don't, I don't know if he has someone on the inside or whatever the case may be in New York, but he loves making trades with the Rangers. He well, the, different, the difference now is that in a lot of those trades, Stevie Y kind of you know, fleeced the Rangers. But I think, yeah. I think in, in this case, it, it kind of works out for both sides because the Rangers had to get out from Stahl's money, right? And, he had yeah. to, and I guess he had to go. But it is, you know, it, it is really interesting. I did want to say one other thing. I, I, was, I was wondering, I'm curious to see what, if you have a specific moment. Um, I was trying to pinpoint you know, what I thought was the, you know, a, a moment where, you know, looking back, you know, that this is well, uh, how the Lightning, you know, became this team. And I'm looking at this playoff run and I'm looking at game two against the Bruins. Uh, you know, Tampa lost game one. And after they disposed of Columbus in five games, they lose game one, they fall behind one nothing. And I'll admit, you know, for me, watching this team the last five years, there was a little bit of that here-we-go-again thing, down in game two, down one nothing. You know, Tampa, Tampa came back and took the lead and then gave up a tying goal to Brad Marchand with three minutes left and went to overtime. And that is one of those games that Tampa Bay Lightning teams in the past years lose and go down 2 nothing in a series. And, you know, at that point, who the heck knows what happened, but, you know, they win that game, it's 1-1, and then the Lightning absolutely take control of the series. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's one of those moments that you look back on and say, wow, this team is different, uh, you know, than in past years. And I definitely back on and I'm and yeah. like really happy with. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it was, there was a different moment, um, a lot of different moments for me that really, um, that I'm definitely going to look back on. Um, but I think, you know, this is probably the obvious one is probably just um, this team just coming together in every series and just how they reacted. Uh, they were undefeated after each loss. And that just showed that yeah. they weren't going to just crumble at the first sign of trouble. Um, that Boston series was just, you know, regardless of them winning um, that series 4-1, it was still a dogfight. And there was – I was completely afraid of that, that first line, the entire series, just eventually waking up, especially just the amount of PKs. And I think that's what really 
is going to stand out to me now that I think about it is probably the, the penalty kill for this team. Um, how crucial they were to the longevity of this run, even though Boston did score a power play goal in every game of that series. Um, Tampa still didn't, they were still resilient and they, they carried it with them into the, the Islander series and as well as, you know, the, the Stanley cup final. So I think, and especially I think Mikhail Sergachev quarterback in the, the PK uh, I really saw him grow up throughout this entire playoff run, really taking the helm of, of the PK and really doing a lot of good things, even though he didn't score a ton, but you could definitely see him. Um, he was definitely sort of a different kind of player from game one of the Columbus series, as opposed to, you know, the player we saw last night, just how he carried himself. And I think that's really going to be something that's going to help him going a long way uh, into more development in his career. Yeah, that's – I completely agree. What I said before about giving him the bag, I'd give him – you know, I, I, yeah, he's a restricted free agent that you can't let get an offer sheet from somebody else. He has grown so much, and after Hedman, he is really the guy. You know, you lean on McDonough for, you know – because um, he's a veteran, because he's experienced, because he knows what to do. But when it comes to being able to play power play, play penalty kill, join the rush, you know, Sergachev, you know, is that guy. And he really has grown up. I mean, who, who better to have – you know, on the, to learn from in the same locker room at Ben, you know, Ben Victor Hedman. So I, know. Uh, I, I really think that he's, he's blossoming. I mean, that's why I, I bring up that trade before, you know, I mean, you know, the lightning have had a lot of skill players over the years, still have a lot of skill players, but part of building a team is knowing, you know, when you have to fill certain holes. And yeah. that was, you know, uh, Sergachev on the blue line, um, you know, the Maroons and Goodrows and Coleman's in the bottom six. And, uh, you know, that's how you build a championship team. And, you know, for them to be able to do that, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, one, one other player I want to give a shout out to because he's one of my favorite Lightning players and very underrated. Um, and I wish we could have seen a lot more of him throughout this run. But Mitchell Stevens, how he played in that first round against Columbus, winning a bunch of big face-offs in the zone when Columbus was really uh, knocking on the door to try and tie the game up late in games. Uh, he's a guy that I'm definitely going to – can't wait to see get a lot more time on the ice next year, probably on that bottom line. Um, he's one of those guys. And I think that we spoke about him a little bit uh, when you were on here last time about his ability to do basically anything this team asks of them. Um, you know, that was one of the things that was really good to see him do during the season was, Oh, we need bodies in front. Okay. Mitchell go park up in front of the goalie. Hey, Mitchell, we need you to win a face-off to win the game so they don't score. All right, I'll go do that. You know, his – just – he – I'm not saying he's going to be like a five-tool hockey player, but he he's, I guess, the best way you could describe him as maybe sort of a mid-level Swiss Army knife of hockey players. And that's the kind of thing that's going to be very valuable, especially with um, some of the personnel changes that they're going to make in the offseason. Having a guy like that that you could just prop up um, onto the fourth line or, you know, whatever line you decide to put him on. Um, I think that's going to be a big, I, 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 you know, he's just one of my favorite players and I can't wait to see how he develops. And yeah. just, the, and I'm just going to, I just, I just want to end. I just want to end on something a little bit sort of big hockey news just dropped. Rangers are going to buy out Henrik Lundqvist. Um, that just, that's, that news just dropped a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, tweeted something a little bit controversial. I think you responded to it 
the other day. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> concerning Henrik Lundqvist, I firmly believe, even though, yeah, he's had some very good seasons, uh, he does have a Vezina. Um, I think he's a stack compiler. And I know uh, Ranger fans might be a little shaft. And I know um, he, there were some years where he did – he should have had some more help. But um, if you go back and watch and, – and, and I know some people are also going to say, well, you know, they were gassed out from that long series against Montreal. <laughs> that. Um, the first two to three games of that series against L.A. in the cup finals um, – he and especially uh, in recent years, he he just yeah. it was on him. I hate to say it. Oh um, man, look, uh, I'm <laughs> listen, man. I uh, I I gotta disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta disagree. I think I don't know. You know, I think a stat compiler especially is tough because that's someone who continues to play when they can't actually play anymore to compile more stats. I don't think that that um, is Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, look, his skills, obviously, everybody's skills sort of erode. I, was, I went on Locked On Rangers with our friend John Chick, and we had this exact discussion right before the playoffs began about what I thought would happen. My answer was this exact thing, that it was certainly time for him to go. Uh, he shouldn't – you know, they need to get out from under that money. If he does want to continue playing hockey, it's not going to be as the backup goalie of the New York yeah. Rangers. So, uh, I – Look, uh, we can put personal feelings of Henrik Lundqvist aside. I mean, the guy is a he's a w- world class goalie. He's gonna, you know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if, if I, I was. I, I, I was asked this question the other day. You know, where do you rank Henrik Lundqvist in terms of relevance in hockey history? You know, in 15 years, what are we going to um, be saying about Henrik Lundqvist? And I maybe oh, I'm being maybe I'm being harsh, but really I harsh. said. I view him as sort of a Roberto Luongo slash Curtis Joseph. I said it. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand, you know. I mean, it, it's a little bit of revisionist history for me, you know, because we think about, you know, we say, well, the Rangers never got over the hump. Well, the Rangers wouldn't even got close to going over the hump without Henrik Lundqvist. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so I think that when, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's tough because if that team – is good enough around him and wins one of those championships in the many playoff runs that we went on, you know, you're speaking about him way, 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 way different. If he gets a world, if, you know, he's, you're looking at him like he's Tony Romo, but if they would have got what, if they would have got one of those championships, now he's almost John Elway. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Tony Romo is as good as John Elway. I'm not trying to <laughs> compare those quarterbacks. Football fans don't get mad at me. My point you're gonna, is that you're going to have to go on lock on. Listen, listen. Yeah, I, will. <laughs> I don't mean to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to compare the two. I know John Elway is better. My point is that we look at, we tend to dismiss guys of great skill that don't have championships and build up the ones that do have championships because, hey, let's face it, they won. Um, no, I don't think – look, Henrik Lundqvist isn't Dominic Hasek, but, you know, there's a lot of problems with the New York Rangers in the last uh, decade, and, you know, none of them are Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that he, he was – You're being harsh. You're being, I'm being harsh. I'm being harsh. I'll give him that. You're being harsh. You know, I'll, this isn't the time for slander, Okay. <laughs> You had to bring up Vassy misplaying the puck a couple times. He just well, he just shut out. He just he just got to shut no, out. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Game. All right, Vasilevsky. <laughs> other than maybe some of those scary moments that he had with the puck, he was flawless. Whole he was, I, I want to say one thing. I hope that maybe some other Lightning fans um, 
you know, caught on to this, but, you know, the Lightning win the clincher 2 nothing. You know, in 2015, they beat the Rangers 2 nothing at MSG to win the Eastern Conference Final. And who shut them out? Ben Bishop. Got to be in the building, up there in that press box. Unfit to play, but he, Ben Bishop was uh, still in the building. And the next time, the Lightning won 2-0 to clinch a series. Yeah, that's definitely that's yeah. I'm right. I'm I'm drawing a lot of conclusions. That's what yeah. happens when when fun things happen. You just yeah, you look around, you draw whatever conclusions that you can, and that's and you just enjoy it every from every angle. And then the lightning both their championships for one on a Monday. We could do all this kind oh. of stuff right here. So uh what I just wanna thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Hey, celebrate. You know, we got what maybe we can milk this for the next till December, maybe till the next Stanley Cup champion. Oh, maybe like a decade or so, I'm thinking. I think we could do it. I think I don't think I don't think I don't think we would be the most hated fan base by then anyways. So yeah, um, uh, yeah I guess I will say I want to say one thing first off. I mean, I'll speak for a bunch of the listeners. You know, you do a great job on this show, you know, covering the team, documenting what goes on, you know, through the season. I know that, you know, we've spoken off air and you know you know, coming up with relevant hockey content to discuss during this pandemic certainly hasn't been the easiest thing, but this uh, playoff run has given you a lot of content to work with. And, you know, you've gone through it, you know, extremely well. And, and, and I'm sure that there are other Lightning fans that might feel like this too. I'll leave you with this. I left Amelie Arena after game two last year against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And even though the series wasn't over and I thought maybe they could come back, what I thought in my mind was it wasn't supposed to be like this. And that's what's stuck in my mind. And throughout this playoff run, I've thought, well, maybe this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what it's supposed to be like. Last night, Steven Stamkos gets handed the Stanley Cup, and I thought, this is what it was supposed to be. And, you know, it finally happened, bro. And uh, congratulations to, you know, all the Lightning fans out there. You know, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Huge congratulations to all of us. Keep celebrating. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can find Brian Sosa on Twitter at Brian Sosa. Go ahead, follow him. He does a lot of great content for sports betting and online gambling, uh, online gaming at Cantina Media. Brian, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be talking in a couple of weeks or so uh, as free agency starts to uh, get into high gear as well as the draft. Adam, can't wait, man. Anytime. I can't wait until my merchandise comes in the mail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we definitely bought way more than we should have last night, but totally worth it. No, my fiance will not find out the exact amount that I spent on Stanley Cup merchandise. There's no way. Okay. <laughs> so once again, huge thanks to Brian Sosa of Cantina Media coming onto the show. That was a great conversation him and I had. Uh, obviously, you could tell in our voices we were still on the high of uh, you know winning the cup. We still are. Um, would love to hear some of your greatest moments as well from this whole playoff run. I know I saw some of. Uh, you listeners uh, posting stuff. Apparently, you were at the the parade today. That was great. Uh, that was insane. Uh, it looked like, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Obviously, me being up in New York, but you know what? It was just as great seeing everything, all the debauchery that was going on. I would probably have to say that maybe Alice Kalorn um, on the Sea Dew was a good moment, but I think Braden Coburn jumping into the river was probably the next best thing uh so before we wrap things up on today's show i want to talk to you about today's sponsor and that's built bar built bar is the best protein bar ever it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they had 18 amazing flavors well guess what they came out with six new ones it's caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia 
lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisps. Uh, these bars are great for the health conscious person, lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, great for the keto diet. My flavor, my favorite flavor and the official flavor of Locked On Lending, the official Locked On podcast for your 2020 Stanley Cup champions is Toffee Almond. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said uh, these things are they're the best protein bar ever. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off your next order at Built Bar. So just to wrap things up on today's show, this is obviously the second episode we put out today. Obviously, we don't really do that as often. Uh, we did it just because we decided to put two out today just because of, you know, we, we wanted to have everybody just celebrate just, you know, uh, obviously the, the cup win yesterday. So, um, but yeah, I mean, some of the videos that I'm seeing, it's just great. Um, I don't know which is better, which is better, obviously, um, you know, whether it's the, it, it was the, the players coming off the, the plane to see all their family there at the airport. Just, that was just a heart touching moment. As well as, you know, the players celebrating with all the fans. Just, you know, uh, I couldn't be happier for these guys in this group of players. They they 100% uh, deserve it. As well as Steven Stamkos uh, above all these guys. Because, I mean, he's been just through so much. And just for him to have that moment as he did. Uh, as well as, you know, win a cup. I mean, it, and, and battling through all the injuries he has in his career um you know couldn't have helped couldn't have happened to a nicer guy um as well as you know coach cooper i mean this this is you know there's no doubts now about him i mean we were some of us including yours truly back in uh november you know, november december even in february um i was i was talking about you know if the lightning kind of needed to win a cup for coach cooper to to kind of get a rid of the 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 fire, you know, the hot seat talk. Um, I I firmly believed uh, going into this run that you know if it was kind of cup or bust for Coach Cooper. I think that everything that's happened since he's been here, yeah, it's great. You've gotten to the Cup Finals, you you've gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of times, but you, you kind of need to to really get that cup. Uh, sooner or later, and they they finally did it. I mean, he the way he managed this team, not only through personnel, but just through some of the the kind of chaotic moments that this team had through some of these games, especially I think uh, most importantly in that Columbus series that really started it all for this team. Um, you know, that for them to 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 have his team perform the way they did and keep their 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 heads on straight especially with steven's tamcos out and and you know through all the craziness like i said with game one uh, of that series where it was five overtimes so for him to to really weather the storm uh not only in that first round matchup but throughout this whole playoffs after that um you know it was great i i mean he did an incredible job and like i said on the recap after the cup finals after game six um game six was really just there was really nothing wrong that I saw and if you're a usual listener of this show you know that um, I always am kind of a little bit overcritical 
um, and and upfront and real with all of you because that's you know that's my job and and I feel like there's some you know people out there in the media but you know you call them homers or whatever you want to call them and they kind of they don't they don't go out and say what this team does wrong or doesn't do or needs to do and, and you know I take great pride in that and and I and I'm glad a lot of you have with the feedback have come back and told me certain things about how you enjoy the show and that's one of the things that really stuck out to me so I, I really appreciate it and I really you know I, I never thought when I was taking over this show and starting this show up in February that uh, the Lightning were going to win a cup. So, you know what? In my first year uh, doing this podcast, you know, especially now kind of having time to reflect on it, especially, you know, I'm, we're recording this and dropping this episode on International Podcast Day. I mean, it, it's been a great run since February. I tweeted to you guys the other day, you know, saying it's been a hell of a ride. And I can't wait to see what next season brings. Um, I know it's not going to be your stereotypical hockey season as we're normally accustomed to obviously with everything going on in the world still with the COVID virus going around but you know what we'll figure it out as we go along and I can't wait for that first game back at the Amali when you know we could have 100% capacity um, because that place is going to be rocking and I can't wait to be there myself so yeah uh, great parade day can't wait for more of the videos to be dropping on Twitter and online and if you went to the parade today Go ahead and post a video or a picture that you were there um, and tag the Locked On Lightning Twitter page at LO underscore lightning. Go ahead and do that and then we'll we'll respond or we'll tweet, you know, we'll tweet back or whatever the case may be. So go ahead and do that. And yeah, I would love to see some of the pictures and videos you all took. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.